Hello, 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 good day, and welcome to another episode of After School History. I am, as always, your genial host, Anthony J. Ashatino. And today, on the eve of um, an anniversary, which I really wish we ought not have to um, commemorate, I wanted to talk about the Second Amendment. I've spoken in my podcast before about the Bill of Rights. I've spoken about different amendments to the Constitution. Um, I think that it's an extremely important thing to discuss. And so today I wanted to talk about the Second Amendment. Uh, An amendment that has probably drawn more attention than almost any other. I mean, we... We talk about the First Amendment, freedom of speech, which most people don't understand what in the devil it means because, you know, they they think it means you have the right to say anything you want. Um, You don't. People talk about uh, the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, you know, pleading the Fifth. You know, they've seen enough episodes of Law and Order, Boston Legal or whatever, and they, they, they get that. The Fourth Amendment... You know, where you can't let, uh, you, you don't have to let someone come into your house and search your house without justifiable cause. Um, but the Second Amendment is the only one so far of all the amendments that has resulted in a ridiculous number of deaths in this country. Um, the bottom line is that, well, for those of you who are not from the United States um, and aren't familiar, which is many of my listeners, and we always welcome you. Um, So, real quick, uh, when the Constitution was written, um, many um, people said, well, look, we need certain guarantees for rights that are not in the the Constitution. And it basically came down to a, well, of course you're going to have these rights. You know, that's understood. And you know, many people were like, no, it's it's not understood. We want it in writing. So they eventually came up with the first 10 amendments to the Constitution, which are considered in the United States the Bill of Rights. And it was extremely important, um, and it basically made the difference between the Constitution being approved and not being approved. Uh, just in case you're not terribly familiar with uh, the history of the Constitution, Basically, here's the short of it. Uh, we had something called the Articles of Confederation, and the Articles of Confederation established a country very different than the United States that we have today. Um, it was a country uh, where states held supremacy. It was a very loose confederation of states. Um, it would go on to become, ironically, basically what the Confederate States of America uh, you know, based their constitution on, uh, and it was just as terrible for them as it was for the United States. But there was this great fear of having, which you could understand at the time, there was this great fear of having this centrally powerful federal government. So the idea was, well, no, we're going to divest the power, it's going to go to the states. And the problem was it didn't work out. Uh, it just, you know what, I mean, I could talk about it for the next hour and a half. I'm not going to. Um, it didn't work out well. There were all sorts of problems regarding funding the federal government, regarding, um, you know, what, what the states, even uh, printing of money. 
And so uh, everyone agreed to get together again uh, in Philadelphia, and which I like to take the opportunity to say every time I mention the great city of Philadelphia, either though I, I don't like Philadelphia sports teams, but um, with the exception of the Philadelphia Union. But the bottom line is Philadelphia should be the capital of the United States, okay? There's, there's no two ways about it. Uh, it played such a major role um, in U.S. history, and it should be the capital. But unfortunately, our southern brethren would not allow a city that far north to be, uh, you know, and that egalitarian to become the capital. So we ended up having to have Washington, D.C. created. Anyway, I move on. The bottom line is that people got together and were like, all right, we need to we need to tweak the Articles of Confederation. And it very quickly became an issue of the tweaking turned into modifying, which turned into replacing. And at the end of the Constitutional Convention, the Articles of Confederation were completely just overridden. And we had what is today the Constitution of the United States, um, which is a document that has come under some criticism, and I think it is well-deserved criticism. Um, not all of it, but, but some of it. Uh, again, to try and pretend this is the problem we have. We try and pretend that, you know, it's like trying to pretend that people are great in the sense of, well, you know, Thomas Jefferson, what a great guy. Yes, from one perspective, uh, he was an excellent writer, uh, he had phenomenal ideas about democracy and about freedom. Uh, but Thomas Jefferson also um, had a slave who he had multiple children with. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to go into too much of that. Um, but there is a term we have for someone who, um, you know, has his way with another individual who does not have the ability to say no. Um, but anyway, be that as it may, the Constitution came out and we had ten, the first 10 amendments to the Constitution are known as today as the Bill of Rights. And they're viewed in very, very high terms. So the Second Amendment, the Second Amendment says as follows... A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Okay, those are the words. Now, this is the 1790s, okay? There are a lot of issues with this. First of all, There was no U.S. Army at the time. The idea of a permanent standing army didn't really come in for a long time after. The U.S. would raise an army when it needed to uh, in order to deal with wars or to put down insurrections, as the case might be. But the idea of a permanent standing army was not something that was necessarily implicit. Okay, so they didn't consider that a standing army would, would be needed. The idea was, much like during the revolutionary period, that you know, people needed to have guns so that when you needed to form a quick militia to defend the state or the city or whatever from an invading force, 
you could do that. So it wasn't unreasonable at all to be like, all right, listen, everyone needs to have a musket in their house so that if the British show up again or if the Canadians show up again or whatever, we have a problem with Mexico, um, everyone can quick grab their musket and we'll go out there and we'll you know, defend our area or invade if we if we get attacked by Native American tribes who we constantly lie to, uh, you know, and promise them one thing and then do the other, we'll be able to at least defend it. But there was never this idea that it would become something, you know, the, the whole issue is a well-regulated militia. Now, that's because there is no concept of the army, as I said before. Today, the United States of America has not only a standing army, but the United States of America has a National Guard. Every state has a National Guard. And for those of you who, again, if you're not from America, it's totally cool. Here, let me explain. So a National Guard is basically local residents who are, they're military, okay? They're military, um, and they're controlled by... Um, you know, it's for the most part, the governor gets to call out the National Guard. They can be summoned by the government to go and do other things. But, you know, it's basically uh, an issue of, you know, we, we have these people like the New Jersey National Guard goes out. And usually they're just called out when there's an emergency, like d- during uh, the aftermath of a hurricane. Or, uh, for example, right now, for those of you following news in the United States, we've had some horrific tornadoes that have hit Kentucky and other places. And for those of you who are from Kentucky, and I know I do have some listeners from that state, um, please be safe. Um, I, I, you know, my heart goes out to you guys. Um, you know, ideally, you might want to get rid of one of your senators who decided that he was going to vote against giving any aid to any other state that had suffered natural disasters, like, you know, Hurricane Sandy, Hurricane Maria, but now he wants, you know, federal funding, which I believe is considered socialism, which I think Senator Paul is, I, I, he's against socialism. I forget in my old age whether he's, you know, repeatedly spoken out about socialism, but, um, but that's what we have. Uh, but you know what? Because we are good guys, I'm perfectly okay with giving money to the people of Kentucky to help them through this. So anyway... <clears throat> The National Guard will do things like go out there and, you know, maintain order, make sure that there isn't any shenanigans going on. Unfortunately, sometimes the worst of humans comes out in natural disasters. The best of humans comes out. The best of humans comes out because people will go out there and they will they will do whatever to help their neighbors. Unfortunately, you also have people that like to do things like rob and steal. Um, and the National Guard goes out and takes care of this kind of stuff. Now, let's fast forward a little while. It's 2021. We have an army, a standing army, and we have a National Guard, okay? But somehow we also still have people that insist they need to have weapons. Why? Why do you need to have a weapon, okay? Now, uh, the idea of yeah, I need this weapon to, uh, and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to imitate. For those of you who know Jim Jeffries, and if you don't know Jim Jeffries, I'm sorry. 
if you know Jim Jeffrey, go listen to his uh, gun control and, and, and his, his riff on gun rights. It's a two-part thing on YouTube. Go listen to it. It is spot on. Okay? But uh, here's the thing. Number one, if you think that you need a gun to protect yourself from the government, the government won't be able to come after me. They're not going to take it away from me. You're delusional. You are completely and totally delusional. Uh, the, if the United States government wants to take your house, if they want to arrest you, okay, they have all sorts of weaponry at their disposal. Uh, they can do things like, you know, launch mortars at your house. Uh, they can take flamethrowers to your house. They have drones. You step outside of your house for two seconds, a drone will hit you. Um, there is no possible way that you're going to hold off the U.S. military if they want you out of your house. It's not happening. Now, in 1790, in 1800, yes, it could happen. Um, the bottom line is that if we, in, in 1800... If I manage to go out, and I live in Monroe Township, New Jersey, and if I manage to go out and be like, all right, listen, the government are being a bunch of jerks right here. We need to defend ourselves from them. I could get, let's say, 500 people in Monroe who had muskets, and we could, we could form a, you know, a regiment or whatever. I'm going to pretend I know the, how many men that sit there are than that. And we could go out there and we could be like, all right, listen, we'll, we'll fight off. If the government doesn't send enough people, we could fight them off because... All they've got are muskets, maybe a cannon or two. But you know what? We could also find a cannon or two here and there. We could fight them off. Right now, you're not fight. I don't care what weapon you have. I don't care if you have a freaking, you know, fully automatic machine gun. You're not fighting off any dispatch from the U.S. government. The, the U.S. Army is coming in and doing what they want. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense anymore, okay? The, the rules don't apply. Now, if you're going to claim, I want a gun for self-defense, okay, that's cool, um, I guess. Um, but you know what? Here's the thing. You don't need a semi-automatic rifle for self-defense, Quite frankly, what you really if you really want a gun for self-defense, the best weapon you could possibly get would be a shotgun. And the reason you get a shotgun is the following. Number one, you don't have to be terribly accurate with it. Okay? By its nature, a shotgun sprays, okay, uh the, the, the rounds out. So you don't have to, you know, basically with a shotgun. All you have to do is identify where the threat is coming from, roughly. If there's a threat, if there's someone coming up your stairs, you shoot down the stairs, and you're going to hit them, okay? You're going to hit them. Um, and second of all, the thing about a shotgun is even if you manage to go through the ammo, at least you've got basically the equivalency of, uh, you know, a baseball bat, okay? That you can swing at someone. Worst comes to worst. But the idea that you have to have a semi-automatic weapon, something that can fire off rounds left and right, this is just a terrible, terrible idea. 
Most people have no idea how to operate these things. Even the ones who do, it's again, what do you need this for? Who who are you taking out? You know, again, to quote Jim Jeffries, how many enemies do you have? What is the need for you to have this kind of a weapon? And again, you're not, there, there are only two reasons to have it. Either you're trying to overthrow the government or you want to defend your house. Or the the only, let me apologize, the third option, you're a hunter. And let me tell you something, hunters are going out there, you know, they're hunting deer, which I, I used to really be like, oh God, this is so horrible, how could you do this to Bambi and everything? I, I wouldn't personally do it, but I'll tell you what, after conversing with a lot of hunters and after really taking things into consideration, my whole thing now is, are you, are you going to eat the, the deer that you killed? And if the answer is yes, then I'm actually okay with it because unfortunately we have an overabundance of deer um, because we've, come on, we've destroyed their habitat. I mean, in most places in this country, we, we just keep destroying and putting up houses and warehouses and condos, and the deer have less and less places, and they're still procreating, and, and then they're running around, and you know, cars are hitting them. I mean, for crying out loud, I've hit two deer in the last two years in my car. One of them did massive damage to the front of my car. They're, they're large animal, and it wasn't even a big deer. It wasn't even a big deer. I mean, good God, if it had been a big deer, I probably, you know, I, I might be dead right now because it, it right across my car uh, and, and I hit it and, uh, you know, I ended up, after I, I pulled over and I, I went up to it, to I didn't know if it was alive or dead. It was dead. Um, you know, and then I, I, I grabbed it below the arms and I pulled it off the road. Um, but if, if I could pull it off the road, it wasn't that big of a deer, Okay. But it was still big. It was still it was it wasn't a small, tiny deer or anything like that. So, you know, a hunter's fine. But as a hunter, you don't need a semi-automatic weapon, okay, uh, to do these things. And the United States is the only civilized country. I hate using that word. You know what? Can we not use that? Let, let me rephrase this. The United States is one of the only countries where gun violence is simply endemic and and it is it is something that just keeps on happening on nowhere else in the world do you have a situation where you know regularly regularly you have people being massacred by guns in churches outside of synagogues and in schools. Now, I'm a school teacher, as those of you who have been following me for a while know. And I just, I, I, I go to work, and, I, and you know what? What I should be doing going to work is being like, all right, I'm going to be teaching about the lead up to World War II today. So let me think about how I'm going to uh, present this to the kids. And I do that. I mean, that is my job. But I also go in and I just, I look around every now and then. I'm like, you know, if someone was to come into my building with a gun, what would I do with my students? What would I do with my fifth graders? What would I do with my seventh graders? What would I do with my eighth graders? Every class is a little different. 
Every class has different types of characters, and I'm like, where would I put them? How would I try and, and you know, deal with this situation? Um, but that's, that's sadly the reality. You know, we have to have drills in school, shelter in place, active shooter. We have active shooter drills. You know, second graders and third graders should not have to deal they they shouldn't have to deal with having active shooter drills, but they do. And they do because we have this sick obsession in this country with guns. We really do. It, it, uh, more than any other country. I mean, we have more guns in this country than anywhere else in the world. And I don't want to hear all this stuff about, oh, well, you know, the tyrants, the first thing they do is take the guns away. Again, in the United States... If the government wants you, you are not stopping them. You're not. And I had this argument with a friend of mine the other day. I have a gun. Yeah, the military, you know, things collapse. They're not going to get me. No, they're going to get you. What do you think you're going to do? You you have a semi-automatic weapon or whatever. I, I don't know what's legal or not. I don't know you know, some of this stuff, but you have whatever, you have this weapon and you can, you have 2,000 rounds of ammunition. Okay, so the government brings a tank up and just blows a complete hole in your house or they just fire mortars or they have a predator drone or they just toss a Molotov cocktail through your one window and then all of a sudden say, okay, we'll just wait until either you run out of the house or you burn alive in the house. It's just stupid. It's just ridiculous. And what does it lead to? All these guns, the ability of these guns just lead to people getting a hold of them. People that have mental illnesses. And they go out and shoot people up. How many of these people? And then you get these people in the organizations like the NRA, which is a shill for Russia anyway at this point, saying, oh, no, 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 we need a good guy with a gun. No, you know what? We don't. <laughs> We don't need good guys with guns, okay? We need less guns, all right? That's what we need. Um, a good guy with a gun, I mean, you know, th- this is, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, oh, goodness. Uh, American Sniper. Uh, the, the movie. <laughs> he was killed by a guy with a gun. I mean, the most decorated sniper in American history. So what are you going to do? Good guy with a gun. You know, people, oh, we need to arm teachers. Let me tell you as a teacher right now, I would be terrified at the thought of 90% of the teachers that I teach with having access to a firearm. Okay? Terrified. I'd I'd be terrified having access myself to a firearm for crying out loud. I don't care if you want to be like, well, we'll train you in this and that. No, you know what? The bottom line is that, you know, putting guns into situations doesn't de-escalate them. It escalates problems. You create a situation where a gun is available, someone can use it. So, uh, you know, this whole Second Amendment deal is just, it's ridiculously stupid at this point. You would think that we would move on. Uh, as a society, we'd be like, yeah, well, you know what? It, it, maybe in 1790 it made sense. But in 2021, it doesn't make sense. 
You would think that. But unfortunately, in 2012, and the anniversary is coming up tomorrow, in Sandy Hook Elementary School, um, Adam Lanza took a Bushmaster rifle and went and murdered 20-plus students, teachers, uh, first graders, kids that were six years old. Murdered him. Cold blood. For taking his own life. And, you know, I always say, when you talk about history, you talk about turning points in wars, right? Like, I'm about to be teaching World War II. And two of the turning points I talk about in World War II, uh, and if you know anything about World War II, you'll be like, hey, no, I, yeah, I got you, man. I talk, in the Pacific, I talk about the Battle of Midway. Battle of Midway was a turning point in the war. It didn't end the war, but it, it damaged the Japanese fleet beyond anything that they could eventually recover from, uh, co- considering the U.S. at that point was pumping out ships at the rate of one a day or so. And the U.S. could make up their losses, the Japanese could not. And I talk about in, in uh, Europe the Battle of Stalingrad. And Stalingrad was the defining battle of the Eastern Front. After Stalingrad, the Germans... uh, Yes, I know. Okay, you're going to be like, oh, what about Kursk? Yeah, no, Kursk was a disaster from the beginning for the Germans. But the thing about Stalingrad was that it, it caused an entire German army to cease. And the Sixth Army, the entire Southern Front of the German invasion of Russia, dissolved. Okay? And the Germans were completely unable to ever make up anything after that. They, they, they did launch an attack the next spring, and, and it was such a disaster. Uh, after that, the Russians were just on the offensive for the rest of the war, and 45 took. And I say that because it's very often you get to be like, this was the defining moment. Sandy Hook, the massacre at Sandy Hook Elementary School, to me, was the defining moment in the U.S. guns rights battle. And I say that because of the following. If the murder, the outright murder, I'm talking someone going into a classroom with these six-year-olds, terrified, teachers throwing themselves on top of them, and just blasting away, and killing 20 plus, and here we go, let's, let's bring it out, 20 plus little white kids, okay? If that did not force us to change our opinion about gun rights in this country, the battle is over, my friends. It's over. It's done. It's been settled. You are, if you are a pro-gun person and you want everyone to have 20 guns, congratulations, you've, you've won. If you are someone who says, hey, maybe we shouldn't have everyone armed to the teeth, that, that might de-escalate things, you've lost. Um, they tried to pass some legislation in the next couple of years, President Obama, they were defeated by a Republican-controlled uh, Senate. Um, and that's that. It's over. So 
you know, tomorrow we unfortunately mark this uh, this horrible event. But, you know, I, I think that what needs to happen is people, you know what, for those of you, and, and I count myself among them, I do not own a gun and I know I get criticized by people, you know, now you need a gun in the house and I always joke around. I'm like, you know what, my uh, my second born son, uh, he, I, 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 I don't know that I could really trust him. He'd do something dumb with his friends. He'd be like, hey, let's run around the house, you know, uh, aiming uh, the rifle at one another. No, it, it'd just be something stupid. I would prefer not to have a gun in the house. Um, I don't, I don't think that we need one. First of all, um, well, I lock my doors at night. If someone's going to come in, someone's going to come in. But I mean, you know, you're assuming that, you know, you're always constantly in an area where people are going to come in. You know, 90% of places in this country don't have to deal with that. People don't just come into your house, okay? It doesn't happen. And if it's happening on a regular basis, then, you know, the police in your area need to be aware of this. I mean, we had a situation in Monroe where there was a situation at one point where uh, people were coming and they were, they were basically... When people went to take uh, garbage out, a couple of people would uh, basically come in right after them with a gun and be like, all right, that's it. We're going to rob you of this and that. Um, And they did. uh, And it happened a few times. And then eventually they got busted because the police were like, hold on a minute, okay? And they set up some, you know, surveillance areas. And they they eventually ended up arresting the people. Uh, They're from Texas, I believe. And even if they weren't, I'm still going to say it anyway because I'm not really a big fan of Texas at all um, for various reasons, which I don't want to get into right now because it would cause, again, my podcast to go another half an hour. Uh, but, you know, if you, if, if you look at the Constitution, the Constitution is supposed to be a living document. It's supposed to be something that evolves over time, and it has. You know, we, we have changed things. We've made amendments dealing with things like slavery. We've made amendments dealing with prohibition. We've made amendments dealing with how many terms a president can serve. Um, so it's not like there's nothing that we can do as far as changing the Constitution. Um, we could change the Second Amendment. We could. And I think we really need to. Um, unfortunately, I don't ever think we will. Uh, we just... There's just too much of this whole, I need a gun, you need a gun, I feel more of a man with a gun. I mean, how much of it is really that, let's be honest, you know, how many guys are just like, you know, it's like driving a Hummer, you know, and uh, all it really says is that you're kind of insecure in your manhood for the most part, Um with few exceptions, you know, I, I do get why, and I do, I do get why some people might be like, you know, the only reason I have a gun is like, well, if the, if, if society breaks down, if we have a pogrom or something like that, I'm going to defend myself, and, and I get that, I do, I, believe me, I am sympathetic to that idea, um, and, and that's, that's the only reason that I've ever said that I would consider getting a gun, because I'd be like, listen, you know, I, um, you know, I, I am an avowed socialist. Uh, I've never made any bones about it, and I do worry from time to time that, you know, since I am registered as a socialist, that people might be like at a certain point in the near future, they might be like, we need to start rounding up the socialists, okay, and putting them in camps or something like that. At which point, I would be like, yeah, okay, over my dead body, 
Um, you know, but that wouldn't be, I'm not worried about that with the government doing it. I'm worried about that with individuals doing it. I'm worried about that with, with roving gangs. And at that point, I mean, I'll take my chances against a small group of people trying to do that. Not, like I said, not against the military. That's just, that's just silly. It's not going to happen. So, if you listen to this, if you're not from the United States, um, you probably don't have any problems with guns, okay? Or it's one of these things where, again, you know, and I understand, it it does happen. Uh, This was in Norway with the massacre um, at the the summer camp. Um, You know, Australia, you know, had 20-some years ago. I get it. It happens. It does. But it's rare, in the United States, you know, again, we, we, you know, we shouldn't. We shouldn't have to live in a society where you have to tell your eight-year-old daughter what to do in case she's in the bathroom at school and someone shows up with a gun in the school. That's not a discussion that you should ever have to have. But in the United States, it is something you have to have. Because, you know what? There is a definite non-zero percentage chance that that will happen. You know, you hope, if you pray, you pray, that it won't. But you can't say it won't. And unfortunately, because we don't have, you know, every time we try and get laws passed to be like, hey, maybe we could have extended background checks. No. Maybe we could have it so that if people have, you know, psychological disorders, you know, that that we, we, you know, don't let them. Nope, nope, nope. Everyone gets a gun. Everyone can have a gun. You know, in states in the United States, you go to gun shows. I mean, hell, half the time you don't even have to freaking... Percent, you know, like IDs and stuff. Okay, I mean, buy whatever, buy that gun that can discharge, you know, fifty rounds in a minute. <clears throat> so, like I said, if you're not from the United States, good on you. Please keep keep yourself safe. And if you are from the United States, I'll tell you, you know, wherever you are, if you care about your kids, if you care about Schools, churches, mosques, synagogues, everywhere. Contact your local, um, you know, contact your local congressman. And just say, hey, look, for what it's worth, maybe we ought to really rethink this whole guns rights issue. Okay? Because it's dumb. And it's just, it's, it's killing so many people. You know, that it's it's becoming, you know, it, it has been for years and it's becoming just something, you know, you shouldn't have to deal with that. It's not just, you know, it's like, oh, you know, days since the latest mass shooting, it, it should be an aberration. It should be an anomaly that you have a mass shooting in the United States. It's like, oh, well, that's, you know, we average one a week, you know, and people shouldn't have to live their lives in fear. And unfortunately, right now, that's what's going on. So, anyway, on that happy note, look, I want to leave you with something positive here, my dear listeners. 
And that is that I, I do feel, especially with the younger generation, I do feel that there is a growing movement to, um, to change the laws about guns. I think the NRA is collapsing in on itself. Um, you know, they're being indicted on everything. They've, they've got ties to Russia left and right and criminal actions. Um, but I, I think that we have to continue. We can change this. It's just going to take a lot of work. And it's going to take a lot of people refusing to take no for an answer. Okay? And, and we have to keep on fighting the good fight. And if we can do that, that would be something. That would be something. Quote Lawrence of Arabia. Anyway, um, I hope all of you are happy, healthy, and safe wherever you are in the world, in the United States, listening to me. And I will put up another uh, podcast this coming week. So until then, comments, questions, anything is welcome. Don't forget to check out my Instagram, Antonius Optimus, After School History. Okay? Uh, check it out. I, I put something up almost every night. And uh, we, will, we will be together again soon, my friends. I will talk to you then. Bye-bye.